Welcome back to It's Technically Romance, where we take a look at Hallmark films from the technical, cynical, cinephile point of view. And the hopeless, romantic point of view. My name is Hamilton. And I'm Stephanie. And we have a great episode for you guys today. Yes, we are very excited that we have Benjamin Ayers on the show to talk about You, Me, and the Christmas Trees. He spoke to us about his latest film, a little bit behind the scenes, and also his, his acting style. Yes, and we also had some listener questions sent in, mm-hmm. so we, uh, we got to as many as we could, so that'll be fun for you guys to hear if your questions got into the episode. Yeah, it was really fun. We should do that again. I like that. Yeah, I think he really enjoyed them as well. Mm-hmm. We, we got some really good questions. Yes, we did. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and just jump right into it, guys. Thanks. Hi, my name is Benjamin Ayers. I am an actor on Hallmark, and it's technically romance. Hi. Hey, guys. We absolutely love the movie. Um, Did you love it? uh, It was wonderful, and I I said this, and I I truly believe that I think it is the best opener for the countdown to Christmas. Like, it just seemed to hit all the notes. Um, It got all both of us excited. I mean, we were live tweeting. Uh, People on Twitter were, like, freaking out because everyone just seemed to be really enjoying it. Yeah, the, the, it's, it did seem to be a very uh, positive outpouring on, on Saturday night. And I think it starts earlier every year. If I think last <laughs> it year, it, what, like, and I have to go back and look, but I think, I think it started on Halloween last year, uh, or at least on the Movies and Mysteries. I do forget that there's the two channels, Movies and Mysteries yeah. and the Hallmark Channel. And last year on Movies and Mysteries, I think it was October 31st, which, which was also the one I was in with Nikki Deloach called Cranberry Christmas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys watched that one. Oh, we we are big fans of oh, Cranberry. We did. We're going to talk to you about a little bit about. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I you know I felt honored to be getting to to, to kick off the season. Um, you know, I I was I had so much fun making this one with Danica, and um, was so happy to have material that just had a little more comedy in it. Uh, you know, because that's what I do love to do. And that's kind of what I started with when I, when I got into acting and uh, kind of in some ways steered away from it, but within Hallmark, I really enjoy finding the balance of the, the drama comedy uh, in, in this script in particular, but anytime I can. Well, I mean, it seems like, you know, just going back to Cranberry, I mean, you, you handle the drama very well. Like we were extremely moved in Cranberry and this one, you just mentioned that, you know, it did have a lot of comedy. Like I found myself laughing at a lot of your scenes. So you you do prefer the comedy over the drama generally? Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, I, I like them both. I just knew that when I read the scripts, I was like, oh, there, there's just a, I just really allowed the character to feel loose and free. And, and I, there was a real, I don't want to say lightness, but it was just, just a funner approach to a character within Hallmark than I've had in a while. And I really allowed myself to lean into it, which I don't always do. And, you know, a bunch of this stuff cut out, but I would improvise little moments within every scene. Um, and I do feel like I need to tell people, like, it was a joke when I said 27 years ago. And there's a lot of people, I don't know if you remember, as I'm holding the ornament and I'm like, you know, and this was uh, from when I was born 27 years ago. And I only said it once as a joke, because obviously I'm not 27 years old. And people all over Twitter and Facebook were like, are we to believe this guy's 27 years old? <laughs> that threw me out of the movie. I can't, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I guess I needed more of a reaction. And I did it just to get a reaction out of Danica for one of the takes. Yeah. Um, you know, and we knew that that scene kind of had a lot of heart to it because, you know, he expresses this really 
cool tradition that he has of collecting the ornaments and each one means something every year as his deep meetings. And in a moment of introspection for herself and her character, she realizes like, you know, that's kind of what I'm missing. So we talked about it in that scene that it would have this weight in that, you know, I would really fall into the story of my grandfather. And, uh, and one of the takes, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get there, but I'm also going to have some fun with her. So I just added that ad lib and then they ended up keeping it. But I think people thought <laughs> I was saying that I'm actually 27. <laughs> I guess I should have said 18 years ago or something. Yeah. But I don't even know. Maybe the, jo the joke just didn't work, but I, I thought it was obvious I wasn't 27. But I do appreciate some people didn't make a comment and thought I was 27. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, we must have missed that line. Yeah. I didn't. We were live tweeting with you. You, you had us laughing on some of yours, I, I believe. The, awesome. the hot, Yeah, I mean, it's it, in my own sense. Yeah, that got me. That got yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I should say David, David winning also, that's, this is the third time I've worked with him as a director. Mm -hmm. So he did uh, Falling for Vermont and uh, Blue Ridge Mountain Christmas. So, you know, he, and he, he loves working on little nuances in, in scenes. And, and he was one that, uh, you know, maybe just get, get some cream all over your face. And I was like, that's awesome. And, you know, oftentimes when you make a big choice like that, I thought they would kind of say, well, you know, let's make sure we do one without. But everybody loved it, and we, we, we kind of stuck to it and kind of even went further with it every time. And it was kind of, and then I was also, you know, I was like, I'm going to add that. It's like the moment from um, Tommy Boy, Farley, when, when he gets hit in the side of the face. Are you sure? Because it kind of hurt, not so much here or here, but right here. That was my, like, oh, where is it? Like, over here or over here? Yeah. You know, so that <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you referenced that movie. That's fantastic. <laughs> I always try to pull up, you know, beats from, you know, movies that I love like that. Well, it really did feel like you guys had so much fun on set, just watching it. It definitely came through the screen that it looked just like you had a blast. So is there like one particular scene, maybe it's the whipped cream scene that was most enjoyable for you to film? Um, yeah, that, that scene, you know, there were, there were so many scenes that were, that were a lot of fun to make, you know, it, as far as like laughing, we laugh at so many of the scenes uh, and, you know, try to find great little comedic moments. But as you know, too, these movies film so quickly. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you only get a couple takes. Mm -hmm. So Danica and I, and, you know, I've been very lucky with all of the, the stars that I've gotten to work with over at Hallmark, love to run lines before and find the nuances of all the beats before we kind of say action. Because you don't get a lot of time between action and cut to solve problems. Mm. And we definitely try to infuse as many little like comedic beats or nuanced beats and, or, or try not to play the same beat twice because they are written often. It's like, you know, the, the longing stare and those kinds of moments. So how do we find ways to, to do it differently? But I remember loving the scene when we were lying on our back, looking up at the snow. And I remember, I think it was, that was the last night of the film as well. And we didn't have a lot of time left and we had to rush a couple scenes that night. Um, but it was so calm and beautiful to lie on our back. It very much had the uh, eternal sunshine and spotless mind kind of like vibe to it, you know, lying on our back and seeing the camera way up there and, uh, you know, just kind of coming down on us. And, and it, it was so still and quiet and just getting to stare up, up, up into the, up into the stars. And, you know, oftentimes uh, actors and I, you know, we'll always talk about, how you feel like you always get your performance perfect when it's not on your coverage. And part of the reason is, is when it's not on your coverage, the real world exists behind the actor you're working with. 
but when it's your coverage, it's the crew and the cameras. So it really takes more focus. And in that moment, both kind of got to, because it was like a one shot coming down on us, got to really fall into and get lost in like, you know, this beautiful little monologues. But I remember they, you know, it had to be real snow behind us. Danica was a little bit concerned about her hair and the thing. So she goes, that's great. I'll just pull up my hood and then I'll lie back. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll be fine putting my head on the ground. Um, and I put my head on the ground, but it was cold. And <laughs> it was a long scene. And I remember about a quarter, like not a, like a quarter of the way through my little monologue, I started like, I was like, it's going numb. The back of my head is going numb. Oh, no. It's like, this is freezing. Like imagine just sticking your head on ice. It's so oh. dumb. Oh. And I don't want to be the one to be like, guys, my head is cold. So <laughs> I just kept saying the lines. And Danica you know, said afterwards, because you started to slur your words a bit. I got to a point, like, I'd love to see that take because I was in it telling the story and I was like, I can't do it. And I just got up and they didn't know what was going on. I'm like, it's freezing my head. The thing. So then we had to go get this little like, white foam bit that would go over top of the snow where I would put my head exactly on this one little bit that wasn't ice, but it had, but it had to look like it from above because I like, lie into it. Mm -hmm. So ridiculous. But that, uh, I, when I watched that scene was laughing because I remember loving it so much, but also freezing my head off. You know. <laughs> And we're thinking like, would he just stick his head on the ice like this? And like, yeah, but it did, it looked awesome. <laughs> no, it did. That was actually one of our favorite scenes yeah. for sure. It was a great scene. Just the words that, you know, the script is great as well. Um, but we loved the the visual of it too. It was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't, you don't get a lot of scenes like that in Hallmark movies. Like it just very, very intimate and just shot wonderfully. And you guys just had that connection and just, it really just really pulled us in. Yeah, well, a lot of the, you know, so often they, they try to keep the scenes kind of on your feet, move. There's a lot of movement mm -hmm. uh, on these, right? So, because it'll be, let's say, a three page scene and you can't just be standing there talking. So, there'll be a lot of movements, whether it, it just be even like, as they say, a do si do, where like you find a reason to cross, you can spin the cameras around and keep a dynamic and moving around and finding a prop to pick up. Otherwise, you're just two people standing and talking and that's boring. So, you, you each have to be finding something to do in the scene. Um, but I think that's why I loved that scene so much because it was still and yeah, it just, just kind of lost in each other. If it wasn't for Miles to bring that flashlight, you know, the kiss was coming and it was a very natural uh, moment for a flashlight, you know, scientific research. Oh, is that what the kids are calling it these days? <laughs> you know, that was a great little moment. Reminds oh. me a bit too of, of, there was one other scene when I remember when I was talking to my mom in the show and we sat down on the bench and originally that scene was we were supposed to be walking through the town square and i was like it just it just felt i was like you know it just feels unmotivated to be walking i get mm -hmm. that on camera it will look good to be moving but i said i think i just want to sit and think about it and just like connect with my mom and david had great you know blocking for that scene and he's like oh, okay try it that way and then we did it i'm kind of glad we did it was another one of those like, quiet still moments yeah. just sitting while there's bustling happening around it so that's what he did was had like swipes and wipes across the screen and people kind of walking past and then allow them to have this intimate moment while you know the bustling continues around them that's like those moments yeah i mean the the connection that you had uh with your mother on screen and also the connection uh, that Danica had with her family like those are some of our, our top ones as well like really really nice moments and I'm glad yeah, you guys yeah. did sit down because it allowed us to really be there with you both mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay. so you play a Christmas tree farmer in this movie um so I was wondering if that's like a big stretch for you or are you a very woodsy guy yourself chopping down your own Christmas trees <laughs> 
I would, I love that. I mean, you know, b- before I became an actor, I was actually going to be, I used to work on golf courses, like on the maintenance side of things. So mm-hmm. the path I was on was to become a golf course superintendent, which is a great job. I love working with my hands. I like working with the earth. So yes, I do love to do that. And I also realized that maybe I actually want to be a Christmas tree farmer. It's a <laughs> cool job. You know, it's a cool job. And uh, it actually just turns out I know somebody doing that. And they kind of quit this corporate job and went out and, and started this Christmas tree farm. And you can make, a, you know, they make a lot of money doing it. Um, the working with your hands, being out on the land um, intrigues me. And so I might do that in a few years. We'll see. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. We've heard it here yeah. first. Then. No, I love it. I love that. You know, did you do that? Um, be a cranberry farmer. I love it. I love getting to play those, those roles. You know, that's what there, there were some jokes online, like what farmer will, maybe it's a pumpkin farmer next year. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, I hope I can keep the tradition alive that I, that I'm like some type of farmer uh, each season. Cause that would be, that would be last year. Actually, I remember on cranberry Christmas, I would, so the year before that was a Blue Ridge mountain Christmas with mm-hmm. Rachel Lee Cook. Rachel and I have been friends forever. Uh, well, not forever. We know we've known each other for a long time. We actually met on Psych. I don't know if you guys remember Psych, yeah, the TV series. We had both we both guest starred on that. Then we became friends again later. Her her ex husband and I worked on a TV series called Saving Hope for Years. So our friends are family. When we go to LA, we see her, and vice versa when she comes up. We're shooting that movie, and one day when we were driving out to shoot Ridge, I'd never seen a cranberry farm. There was a cranberry farm, and I was like, wow. That's so cool to watch them cultivating these cranberries. They should make, wonder if we should make like a Hallmark, Hallmark movie. I was thinking this. And at the same time, the producer of another Christmas movie saw that same cranberry bog and was like, cranberry Christmas. I'm going to get that made. He then <laughs> got it, reaches out to a writer. That whole thing happened that quickly. We both saw the same farm. And then I kind of got brought in. So when we talked about it at the we were laughing that we both saw the same thing, kind of got inspired and then both ended up working together. That's funny. awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, we know um, you've done a little bit of uh, directing, writing, producing, <clears throat> as well as acting. Is that something you'd like to do more of or is acting your main passion here? Uh, I, no, I would like to get more into the producing side of things. I've got a few projects we're working on right now and uh, the creative process is just so much more fun being involved right from the get-go. And it's hard, you know, like there's this TV series I'm developing now and it's it's grown so much. And this malleable piece of clay that just keeps kind of changing shape. And it's not really until you'll start filming it. And I know this, I know this from working with writers, creators in the past, but until they see their their words come alive on screen and they see you and they see kind of, you know, whatever the, wherever you're shooting the setting and the props and the thing, that it really starts to fully take shape, especially in the editing process. But right now, at this point, when you're like developing a show and, and, and you start to compare it to, it's a little bit of Vice Principles meets a little bit of uh, Parks and Rec meets, but it's still not one thing yet. And that has been exciting and also kind of a little scary because it's, it's hard to define exactly what the show is going to be until you're filming it. And I know you can say you think you know what it's going to be but until you have a cast and it's up on its feet and you're filming it it's it's still this slippery little thing so anyway it, it's been re- really fun creating this and and, and um, you know we're all in different in different cities and countries right now one of the actors is in australia working on the rocks uh series 
another actress from LA. He's just up in Montreal right now. Um, and, uh, and the other one is in uh, Vancouver. So like we get on Zoom, I got a uh, Zoom tomorrow and, and we just kind of, we keep putting this thing together and, you know, hopefully going to be pitching it within the next month. Nice. So that's been great. I've got a couple like Hallmark things I'm trying to develop and I've developed some stuff in the past with them and uh, a couple other movies. And, you know, it's, it's fun. It's a long road to get something made, but it's nice to not just be waiting for a phone call as an actor. Yeah. And I probably never really thought that I would be getting into this, but it's kind of a, it's a great kind of step. And I love acting, but I also love, I love everything about the industry. You know, the longer you're in it, the more you realize uh, that it's not just the one thing that, uh, that motivates you for me anyway, in the, in the film and TV industry. Well, yeah, that's one thing we love about doing this podcast is getting, we've talked to different people. We talked to the actors, but we talked to the writers and the directors, um, cinematographers. So it's been really cool to showcase all the different aspects that go into making these movies. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is such a collaborative aspect, uh, film and TV. You know, like I, you know, I haven't had the experience of working with like a Paul Thomas Anderson. I don't know what that experience is like other than reading what Joaquin will say about it, right? And you're like, oh, God. like that just sounds incredible. I would love to have that type of experience. But my experience has not been like that. Mine is you get the script sometimes two weeks before and then you're a week before and you're just kind of keeping up. And, you're, and, it's, and it's very collaborative because everybody is just kind of, you're just kind of landing and going as opposed yeah. to, you know, can you imagine being Daniel Day-Lewis and having two years just to work on the voice. He took, I think it was like two years here just to find the voice of Daniel Plainby. Like he just, he, he didn't like it, the thing. And I, I just couldn't imagine having the luxury of that amount of time to be such a perfectionist. Here's another thing is I like, I love Meryl Streep, love Meryl Streep. Like, and what I love about watching her is she's, you know, in my, in my eyes, even a better actor, she just had, she brings so much joy mm -hmm. and it looks like she's having so much fun. Daniel Day-Lewis looks like it hurts him to do it. It looks like it's painful and he's like battling these demons and going through it and we're watching it and you're like, God, it's just, it's so precise, but it also, it just not a lot of joy in it. You know, I think that's why I love watching Meryl is she brings so much joy to every role and every moment. She's like, you kind of just laugh and get giddy and alive and watching her performances. And I love Daniel Day-Lewis. Like he can't top his performances, but uh, it looks like she's having more fun doing it. You know, the fact that he quit, what's he doing now? Now he's like, He's like, like the last I read is like he's like I can't bring any more which is true he's like if I'm to bring myself to these roles or any experience I have in this life I've tapped all the experiences I've had so now I'm going to quit and go have other experiences and I think he was going to become like a stonemason right why not just go become a master stonemason work with people you would never work with learn a new craft and then maybe in five years, 10 years, maybe I'll come back or maybe not. You, know, you only get one go at this. You, you've kind of reached the pinnacle. And then you ask, what do I want to do now? I don't know. We want to definitely, we had some listeners send in some questions. So yeah. we definitely want to get some of those. They uh, sent in some really good questions. Okay. So Mackie Unsen asks, the enlightening Lao Tzu quote, nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished, is prominently featured in the movie. Is there a personal motto that you live by? Wow. I know. I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I try and I try to be kind to everyone and have empathy for everybody. And that's one thing I try to remind myself with every interaction I have with anyone. Um, and that's been good for me. And that's kind of what I also try to teach my children. And from there, great things happen. So that's one, that's like a bit of a daily thing I'll have, regardless of who I'm talking to. Uh, I don't wake up saying, today I will be kind to everyone. But it, it's, that's, first of all, I don't really think about daily mantras or any type of mantras. I love this question. Yeah. I was not prepared for that, but it just turns <laughs> out that is something I do think about a lot. Uh, and I think that it's amazing, you know, something so small as being aware of people around you and being kind to, anyone you come in contact with actually makes you feel good. Yeah. That's a great answer. Yeah. Mm. Mackie also had another great question. She said, Connor's Christmas trees is such a big part of Avon's festivities. What are some holiday traditions that are unique to your own hometown? Oh, hometown. So I'm originally from a small town, Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada. Home to, where are you guys? We're in Charlotte, uh, Charlotte North, North Carolina. Carolina. Okay, what's the population there? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> it's a big city, but not a huge city. It's smaller than Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's smaller than Atlanta. I've been to Atlanta. Okay. I've been to Atlanta once. Man, is it hot. I was there like in July. <laughs> yes, it is, July. it is very hot. I August. I just, oh my Lord. I mean, so they shot the Vampire Diaries. You know what a pilot episode is, the first episode of the yeah. series? They shot the pilot for the Vampire Diaries in Vancouver. Yeah, we saw you. And we, we were. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I remember when they like, <laughs> I remember when they, when they, I remember getting an audition for that. So the pilot, like, you know, you have an audition for the Vampire Diaries. I'm like, I've heard of the Vampire Diaries and you know what it was. I'm like, sweet, like, as a vampire? Or like, what? I'm like, no, as a, as a teacher. And I'm like, that's a werewolf? <laughs> or, no, he's just the teacher. I'm like, just the teacher? No, no. Okay. I felt really, I remember, I felt, how old was I at the time? I don't know. I guess I was in my 20s, late 20s, maybe early 30s. Uh, anyways, we shot the pilot, kind of forgot about that show, booked a series that was shooting in Toronto. And that was because I, we were in Vancouver for a very long time. And then came out to Toronto to start shooting this comedy in, in Toronto. And then the Vampire Diaries got picked up, but they moved it to Atlanta. So I got a call saying like, oh, they want to bring you back for, four episodes and then you die or whatever. Like, are you interested? I was like, yeah, that's great. And they're like, yeah, so they moved it to Atlanta. And I was like, awesome. So they got me a visa and I got to go down. I was back and forth. Uh, and it was it was great down there, just the music and the cool little bars and pubs. And, but I just remember the heat. It's so funny when you look, when you, the, the experience, you know, you'll watch a show, the amount of actors I get that, or like people who inquire about becoming an actor will watch will watch a TV series, watch a movie. It's easy to feel inspired when you watch a performance and go, that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. But even when I watch like, you know, you mean the Christmas shoes, I don't watch it as an arc of the show. I'm just thinking about, each, I can remember that day. I remember what happened. I remember the problems. I remember overcoming the obstacles to get that scene. And that's what to me acting is. It's not like a Dan Lewis sitting in a room kind of brooding coming out and everybody being quiet just for your performance it's like um, it's like a chaotic manic energy and then you do your best to be able to drop in two seconds before action so the vampire diaries i just remember sweating like crazy and getting this heat rash out in the football field and oh. everybody like just these big fans we had anyway, that that's was my <laughs> that's my memory of 
of Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to go back to the question. Camlets. I'm, so I'm originally from Camlets. And so we had snowmobiles and we had huge bonfires, like pallet parties. And I remember, I remember like they would do it two weeks after Christmas. So it was like huge bonfires with Christmas trees, snowmobiles, hot chocolate would happen two weeks after Christmas. And then well before Christmas as well would be huge, um, you know, hot cocoa parties with these huge big bonfires, roasting marshmallows, snowmobiles. Man, I haven't thought about that in a long time. That's cool. But we don't do that anymore. In Toronto, it's more, you know, we'll have family over, lots of baking, lots of, lots of cooking, lots of, uh, lots of hosting dinners and stuff like that. And then now it's, you know, it's so exciting. And unfortunately, my, my eldest just discovered that none of it is, you know, there's no Santa, there's no Easter Bunny and Tooth Fairy and it all just sort of, I think it was Easter. That kind of crumbled and then it was, well, wait, so Santa, like, and she was kind of onto it for years. Like mm-hmm. at some point you kind of have to let them, critical thinking comes into play and you start to feel, there's one thing about saying, here's Santa, it's so great. But once they start saying, well, how does he do this? How does he do that? Yeah. And then you continue to lie and the lie gets deeper. And now I'm like, now I just feel bad. Like, you know, <laughs> so I, I did have to tell her and I, I, I felt so bad because it affected her for, I just saw her world get crushed a little bit, but then she bounced straight back and now she's, she's fine. in in, you know, keeping that, that the spirit of it all alive for Mm. the young one. Um, I look forward to just getting the tree. We go by a tree. We have, you know, ornaments from each year. We kind of build upon our ornaments. We make Mm. ornaments and getting to getting to do all that with the kids. Christmas is so much more magical. Once again, once, once you have kids and, uh, you know, you, you become a child again in it all. And it's, it's not even, it's not even, you know, as a kid, of course, you're like, you can't wait just to get presents, but you know, with the movies, you know, even you guys watching you, me and the Christmas trees, there's just it's a real, I, I guess it is a nostalgic warmth that happens when you watch those movies. There's like a fuzzy warmth. And yeah. that's, that's what I love about just the holiday season is the cozy, fuzzy warmth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So another question from a uh, mm. listener, my happy feel good place asks, I would love to know if anything, she would love to know anything that made it into the movie. If it was ad libbed, uh, she loved the little humorous pieces in this movie. Yeah. So, so, so 27 years was, it was an ad lib. Um, <laughs> the, the, we, we added a lot of little puns. So you know, oh, we love the puns. Julie we had love the puns. Yeah, Julie had. You know, she she wrote a bunch of them in there. There were like a couple, but we felt like it had to be more. We had, we just had to add more. So we you know, September. You know, we got one take of it. They didn't like September, but I I thought it was funny. So I was like, I got one, and I, when I watched it, I'm like, it was good, but I I didn't quite get it. I didn't nail it the way I wanted to. But I I remember we didn't have much time, and they needed one without. So I think I did one, and then one without. Uh, yeah, because I'm born in the what was it? Because I'm born in the fall. Yeah, the fall. September. Yeah, September. <laughs> I would have held September like September. <laughs> anyway, um, that made me laugh. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we both had some ad libs in it. Comedic moments. Now we Coco. I, Julie, I can't remember. Did you write that or or did I ad lib that? Because that that beat made me laugh. That, that's a huge one. That, people love you know, that first, one. You know, first we Coco. First, yeah, we Coco. First we Coco, Coco, we Coco. No, first we Coco. 
I think she maybe wrote it, but I, I honestly can't remember. But I, I remember I, I laughed a little bit when I saw that that beat. I don't think that was funny. Um, and you, you know, it, like the twenty-seven-year-old one, it kind of happens in the middle of the scene. Usually, you button the scene with the comedic moment, and they can keep it or not. I don't usually add too many in in the scene, like in the middle of the scene. The first scene we filmed of the movie was when I'm sitting down trying to figure out what's going on with the trees. My mom's behind me buzzing around. And then the two friends come over and they all sit down and they bring mulled wine and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I watched that when I saw that scene. I was like, yeah, that looks like the first scene. It looked like I can tell I'm like not comfortable yet. You know, and maybe that's again, me, me projecting, but I see it and I just remembered, I remembered a lot of the issues on that day. It really takes a while. You, you roll in. Yes, I know the director, but it's a brand new crew. You don't know the crew, you don't cast yet. Uh, and you're just like, you know, it's really by week two is the best week. And then week three, you're flying. You know, like by week three, I'm always like, God, I could go back and film that scene again. You know? But once it all gets cut <laughs> together and the music's put in the score, you don't, even, you don't even notice it, but how you're feeling and what you see are two separate things. Right? And you would know this as a filmmaker that even though, you know, sometimes I will feel like, oh, but I didn't feel something, therefore the, the audience won't feel something. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't matter because if I do nothing, the camera pushing in slowly and then the music swelling is going to tell you how to feel. Exactly. That, you know, that happens in theater all the time where like, I'll feel robbed if I didn't get the experience, but then like there's nothing worse than going to a play and then talking to your friend after who was in the play and they'll walk off stage and you can see them out. They'll be like, oh, tonight's performance was shit. I'm so sorry. You're like, what are you talking about? I went through something. So just because you didn't, don't, don't rob me of my <laughs> Finally, uh, Geraldine Clark, 971, asks, if you could do a sequel to one of your Christmas movies, which one would you pick? Uh, I think the one that sets itself up most for a sequel is Cranberry Christmas. Because I want to, I'd love to see them navigating, creating this business, TV hosts and doing that kind of stuff. Like there's a natural progression there. You know, so often the movies are two people that don't know each other, that have met, and they fall in love, and that's kind of the, the movies. So you're like, now do you want to just see them in love? What was cool about Cranberry Christmas is they're a married couple that have worked through some issues and come with already a lot of, you know, their history. So now it's like, oh, well, let's see them navigate this world that they've set up. Like, he's like, I don't want to be on camera and do this kind of stuff. Um and I, I, I just remember thinking that it was so easy to go and, uh, and do a sequel to that because it would be fun to have them on camera hosting a show. Pam Stevens there. We love the idea. We, 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 we definitely pitched the idea that Pam Stevens should be a talk show host in the Hallmark universe in the background of all the shows. Yes. And like, and should pop up every once in a while. Or should be, like, I think that that. There's another actor that he's been, he's been like a, restaurant guy barbecue he's been in a few movies like it's sort of like that in the hallmark movies that we're like we want these certain people to be just yeah. like in every movie like you said like in the background so yeah that would be great for pam yeah well i'm i think that's what i love about hallmark is it's it's an old school studio system in a way you know they, they, they just take us and kind of like match us up and put us around and 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 you know like christmas everybody's every like you're just you're, you'll expect to see everybody in a Christmas movie every year, and then maybe even a fall harvest, and maybe 
in in one of the you know movies and mysteries did you guys watch the chronicle mysteries did you guys watch any of those no we have not watched any of the mystery shows yet but we always are like we probably should because some of them look pretty good but yes i did i did see that you were in one of those uh, but we have not dived into the mystery the hallmark mysteries yet well they're 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 different too they're they're not the warm and fuzzy you know feeling like the hallmark Christmas movies are that's for sure mm. they're not rom-coms you know they'll they'll have a little bit of calm but it's they're more dramatic and uh, you know it's it's all red herrings whodunits kind of stuff yeah oh um, we love that stuff. yeah we do love that stuff. yeah but they were fun Our, ours is fun you know Ali is the one who created it he came up with the idea and you know I always said like it should it should it's a great series idea where she's a podcaster he's a journalist and they just crack cold cases together you know yeah. so somebody will be like you know, this person's missing or this person died, what happened? And uh, she just creates a podcast out of it. And he's a journalist and the two of them kind of work together solving solving these these mysteries. And they're, they're fun to do because it's it's like a TV series. Each movie is an episode, kind of essentially. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, as we expand, I mean, I, I think we're gonna have to hit up some of the, the shows and stuff because we've had some some fans ask us about it. Right. Yeah, to get into like, or like what about when calls the heart? Maybe jump into that world. Yeah. <sighs> That's a that's a big thing to jump into. Yeah. I feel like it is because it's like nine seasons, right? Like twenty two episodes a season. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, I've seen a few other podcasts do it, and I'm like, good luck to you. We we're not <laughs> yeah. <there> yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's a lot of content. You know, how many how many episodes do you, what do you do? One a week, or are you uh, a couple a month, or what? Well, when it's not Christmas, we do one a week. Mm. But for Christmas there's so many every weekend so we're trying to do as many as we can about um, three to about right. three to four a week now it's looking like okay well good that's great so we'll, we'll see how it goes because <laughs> it's just started off so <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> christmas is a long ways away <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't want to keep you here uh obviously but one of the yeah. thing one of the things we like to do at the end of our interviews is uh something called the proud plug where uh, if there's anything that you'd like to tell us about, tell the audience about something that you'd like to sort of, you know, promote basically. Or something that you're proud of. Oh. Yeah, just something you want to shout mm-hmm. out. My wife started a, a company through the pandemic. Um, it is a pancake company. Dry powder comes in a bottle. We saw that. Pour, you shake it, you pour it. It's called Easy Peasy Pancake. So I'm just so proud of, of my wife for starting this company. This has been, yes, you know, as we all know, a very difficult 18 months. And mm-hmm. she came up with the idea right before the first shutdown. And she stuck with this. And there had been so many steps along the way to get this off the ground. And, I, you know, and I'm, I'm just so proud of her for doing it and sticking with it. Um, and with the two little ones at home and we're homeschooling. And then, you know, then I'm away for a month to shoot a movie and then back and, um you know it's uh, that's the first and only thing i think about when when you say the word proud this is how i feel for her right now and uh and the company's really taking off i know you guys are in the u.s but once once we're able to send it down there i'll send you guys some bottles because it's really selling like hotcakes up here canada's loving it like i said easy peasy pancakes comes in a bottle just add water shake it pour it uh, a good friend of mine. You guys know Rachel Boston. You guys must know yeah. Rachel over at Hallmark. I yeah. mean, not personally, but we we <laughs> love her her movies. Yeah. Yeah. So we we actually had never met, and and at the beginning of the pandemic, 
uh, writer Jeremy Boxen, who I had worked with before on a on a an indie feature in in outside of Toronto. Jeremy just wrote this this post on Twitter, like all these writers, all these directors, all these actors just at home. Surely we can try to think of something to do, kind of like collaborate somehow. He just kind of sent that out into the universe. And it just so happened that like two nights before I was messaging with Rachel on Instagram. We'd never worked together before, but we, you know, she's like, I love some of the videos that you've been making. We should try to collaborate sometime in the future. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah for sure. Hopefully we get to do a homework movie or whatever. And then Jeremy wrote that post. And then I was like, hey, Jeremy, can you write like a three-page script, kind of a rom-com thing about two people that fall in love during a pandemic and I'll try, we'll try to film it, Rachel and I. Rachel's like, I'm down. Jeremy wrote this great script. And we ended up doing four episodes called Lost in Isolation. It did really well. We, you know, it was on YouTube. We brought in Brenda Strong for an episode. Uh, Drew Scott of the Property Brothers, he played my brother episodes. And, we, you know, we did this like, this really cool, like, you know, we made content during during a pandemic at the very beginning and stuck with it. And, uh, you know, I think we do four episodes. We still have one more we kind of wanted to do to, to tie the whole thing together. But uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, that was an awesome thing. Why did I, sorry, Rachel, why did I, why did I bring that up? Something, I guess I was proud of, of, of us for doing that and, and for her. <laughs> we'll have to check that out. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That's really cool that you're able yeah, to be creative. Isolation. Oh, this is, why, this is why I brought it up. I brought it up because we had all the music from a friend of mine. His name's Roddy Colmer. Roddy Colmer works for, he writes jingles for the Howard Stern show. Wow. He lives in Toronto, but he also writes, he's, he's got this incredible, incredible voice he's had multiple bands and he wrote music for our lost in isolation but now he's been writing jingles for easy peasy pancake Aww. so he'll take like a popular song and then just put a twist on it and, and turn it into uh, you know a song for us so the content we've been making has been doing really well you can kind of go follow the page easy peasy pancakes on instagram and listen to all the songs because they're really fun and he puts them together like that i'll be like oh maybe this one 80s song he'd be like next day send me a thing or you know send like a david bowie kind of you know ziggy stardust type thing but it's more about pancakes and like so the branding has has been a lot of fun for us and, and as uh you know a filmmaker myself it's like it's i can make these these great you know instagram reels and videos and stuff so it, it's been it's been fun as a team to get to for her and I to get to work on this and have full control of this thing uh, with at this point no outside input. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it has been awesome. It's it's cool when you can find something like you guys are doing this. You know, it's nice when you can work together and yeah. and uh, and and do it without uh, too much arguing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a lot of fun. You know, I hear a lot of other women that they have to like force their husbands or boyfriends to watch Hallmark with them. And he's just, you know, I feel so lucky willingly watching them and doing a podcast with me about it. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. a lot of fun for us. It really has. Congratulations to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. We just can't thank you enough for, for doing this, taking this time out of your day to talk to us. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks guys. We'll keep in touch and, yeah. uh, you know, I'll promote and uh, we'll get to do this again. That, yes, we love it. and we congrats love it. on okay. the, the first premiere, You Me and the Christmas Trees. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you guys. Take care. Appreciate you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.